There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast is being brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com. So, my goodness, you you just can't. You just can't uh, say enough about how crazy we have become as a nation. Just can't say enough. You know, yesterday... I was on the air when I first saw the story that the founder of Cash App, um, who really, you know, I, I know very little about him other than what I've read subsequently to his being murdered on the streets of San Francisco in a relatively nice area. It's an area that um, I frequently visit. I did not visit it last weekend when I was in uh, in San Francisco, but he was, he's literally um, crying in some video that they found and he's on the phone to 911. It's 2.30 in the morning and he's been stabbed twice in the in the chest in what has to be, you know, a typical senseless mugging that takes place in a city that used to be one of the most beautiful cities in the world. And he's pleading with this bystander who drives away. He's got gaping knife wounds, and the driver drives away. His name is Bob Lee. He's 43 years old. He was walking along an empty San Francisco street in the early hours of Tuesday. And, uh, you know, he gets stabbed twice in the chest, and then he's left unconscious when the police find him on the ground they rush him to San Francisco General Hospital, but it's too late. You know, he has expired. But while he's on the phone to 911, there's a bystander in a car and he's pleading with the driver to help him. He screams, help, someone stab me. OK, and, and he, he the bystander drives away. Those were his last words. Help, someone stab me. What's wrong with this country? What's wrong with us? You know, how is it that a man could be pleading with blood gushing from knife wounds and you drive away? I, I just, it's beyond my comprehension. Man had two little girls, two daughters. He had just gone to San Francisco. He was down here in Miami, stayed an extra day, goes back home. This is a guy they called Crazy Bob when he launched the Cash App, which, by the way, I had no idea how big Cash App was. I told you all. I'd only used it once. I had to pay a car mechanic, and he told me um, I only take Cash App. And I said, well, I don't have that. And he goes, here. And he downloads it on my phone, and I used it one time. That's it. But apparently, I'm just not in the know because it has tens of millions of users here in the United States and the uh, Great Britain. He was also the chief product officer of a cryptocurrency startup called MobileCoin. He was an investor in SpaceX. 
in Clubhouse and in Figma. And apparently he's lived in the Bay Area for a long time. And they're not making any comments. The San Francisco police chief, uh, Bill Scott, won't say if it was mugging, or if it was random, or what, what was going on. I have nothing to share yet. We don't want to be premature. We definitely, we don't want to speculate. Let me, let me, let me speculate for you, sir. This is a disaster. Your city is a disaster. And you better get it together, uh, Mayor London Breed. Because otherwise, this is just going to continue. Very sorry to hear. Many people I know have been severely assaulted. Violent crime in San Francisco is horrific. And even if attackers are caught, they're often released immediately. So what are they doing? That's the question. MMA fighter Jake Shields asked Elon Musk, who had posted, you know, this is my friend that got killed. I'm convinced that there's mold in this studio, just to let you know, right? I, I've been in here for, what, 10 minutes? And I can't breathe. Um, MMA fighter Jake Shields said Mr. Lee was a loyal friend and he was just targeted in a random mugging in a good part of the city. And that's what it is. It's a really decent place. Um, this neighborhood, I, as I said before, I have a friend's daughter lives in this neighborhood and I, I go to visit them. Actually, I go to bring things from mom in Florida to them. So apparently, you know, uh, this, is, this happens all the time. And they're just supposed to accept it. It's unacceptable. What's happening in San Francisco is unacceptable. What's happening in Chicago is about to get even worse. Okay? Because this uh, new mayor, if you thought Lori Lightfoot was a bizarre anomaly, this guy, Brandon is insane. I mean, wants to defund the police completely in a city where little kids are getting shot while they're sitting in their front living room, you know, by these random gangs that run around and wreak havoc in their own community. So so let's defund the police. That makes sense. And, and, and in their place, what are we going to do? Send out social workers so they can be killed like uh, crazy Bob Lee was in San Francisco, I, I just don't get it. Why would anyone want to live in these cities? Now listen, I grew up in New York City. And when I was growing up in New York City, it was a rough and tough kind of city. But it was never like this. And when it started to get crazier and a little more like this, like San Francisco and Chicago and, and LA and, and Detroit, when it started to get like that, I moved. I left, and I was a New Yorker. I know what it means to be a New Yorker. Unfortunately for me, I left prior to Rudy Giuliani getting elected. And now Rudy Giuliani didn't get elected the first time, but he did get elected the second time because New Yorkers had had enough. See, I, I ran out of patience long before the majority of New Yorkers, apparently. So when I left, it was just starting to be really bad. It was just at a point where I could not ride the sub subways safely anymore. 
And it wasn't so much getting mugged or robbed. That wasn't my big fear. Um, it was the perverts and what they would do to women on the trains. It was disgusting. And I, I just couldn't live like that anymore. And I loved New York. As a matter of fact, when I first came down here, I said, this is temporary. You know, I will go back to New York someday. Now I don't even like going for a visit. You all remember I went a couple of months ago for a 100th birthday party of a, a, my husband's aunt. And we had like nightmarish experiences there, the crack motel and uh, just a nightmare. So no, you know, I don't do big cities anymore happily. My daughter lives in the outskirts of San Francisco in an area called, well, I shouldn't even say because I uh, bring bad luck to that area, you know. Um, and my son lives right outside in Cheviot Hills, which is outside of Hollywood and is still outside of Beverly Hills and is still a pretty nice area, even though it's got homeless encampments all up and down the streets. Yeah, Who wants to live like that? There's just nothing that appealing about city life anymore that I would even consider living in a big city. I looked at what was going on in New York on Tuesday when the uh, the arraignment was held for President Trump, you know, and I look at the 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 level of disgusting people that were there protesting, and I I couldn't live with that. Yeah, I would definitely get in all kinds of trouble. That's all I keep thinking, you know. Some guy that the, the uh, reporter Sarah. I can't remember her last name now, but uh, I've had her on the show a number of times. Um, she's actually from Miami. She's actually of Cuban uh, heritage, but she was out there reporting for the Fox network. Um, I think it was either for Tucker Carlson or for Sean Hannity, one of them. And she's reporting from the street and she gets accosted by, you know, people sm blowing weed in her face. Okay. Now, Look, I'm not going to sit here in judgment of, you know, people who smoke pot because apparently way more people smoke pot than I ever imagined. But really, like in New York City, my hometown, people just walk around on the streets blowing pot smoke into the air. I don't know about the rest of you, but I'd be terrified of getting some kind of contact high and going absolutely bug crazy like the rest of the people who live there. But the good news, there is good news today. I know that it doesn't seem like there could possibly be any good news, but there actually is good news today. And I'm going to share the good news with you because it's, uh, you can use it just like I can use it, right? Anybody should be able to uh, tolerate a little good news. And I have some for you. Uh, the candidate that I prefer, I'm not even going to say his name because uh, it's not like I'm quiet about it, right? Well, my chosen candidate for the Republican nomination for the presidency just leaped over President Joe Biden in the polls. Now, I also find it extremely interesting that these aggregate news sites that I look at just to see what's going on, they have put up fake, fraud, phony photographs of the arraignment. And I'm like trying to figure that out because we all know that they were only allowed uh, two or three photographers were allowed in there and they all had to give the um, the photos, copies of the photos to the major publications. And we all saw the picture of a very somber looking Donald Trump sitting between Joe Tacopina and uh, the female attorney, Hannah something, and uh, the new, newest attorney, 
sitting closest to the front of the picture, to the left side of the picture, right? Today, all of a sudden, there's a picture of Donald Trump with his head in his hands and he's got a bottle of pills in front of him. Like, that never happened. You know, that that picture never happened. Maybe they thought we would be fooled and think it was a bottle of water, but it doesn't look like a bottle of water. It has a very wide neck. And I don't remember any pictures with these other guys in them. So they took a picture of something else and put it on the website and said, Dershowitz says Don will be convicted. Now, I heard what Alan Dershowitz said. And the full statement would be, Donald Trump will be convicted in a New York jury by a New York jury, but it will be overturned on appeal. That's the rest of the sentence. But they didn't choose to show you that. No, no, no. Because for them, the uh, jumping up and down joy comes from Don will be convicted. And then they put up this fake picture, or it's a picture of Donald Trump at a very different time. It's not the arraignment because nothing matches up including the box of gummy vitamins that are placed in front of him in this picture. And, and I'm talking drudge. And not that I use drudge much anymore because I don't know where they get their news stories from. I do use it, though. And uh, that's the picture on there. That is the above-the-fold headline. Well, actually, there's one even bigger. Yeah, of course, because it's, it's open season on Republicans. It doesn't matter what color they are either, because now Clarence Thomas is secretly accepting luxury trips from Republican donors. Yeah, imagine. Not that we could ever find proof of that um, with the Obamas traveling around in, you know, uh, superstars jets. Not that we could ever find evidence of that with anyone else flying around on the uh, in the airplanes of donors, and basically happens all the time. You know, Clarence Thomas doesn't need any donors. He's not running for the Supreme Court. He never ran for the Supreme Court. He was appointed, and it was confirmed by a Senate in spite of Joe Biden, the current president's best efforts to make sure he wasn't confirmed. But so uh, they could be donors to the Republican Party. They could be donors to the Democrat Party. If they're friends of Clarence Thomas and they want to fly him around to a luxury vacation, guess what? More power to him. That's all. And we wouldn't be having this discussion if it was, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the, the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg or any other liberal that sits on that court. Not that many of them anymore. But believe me, if Elena Kagan or Sonia Sotomayor gets a, a free trip down to uh, Oakland Park where there's a great Puerto Rican restaurant owned by Sonia Sotomayor's uh, cousin, uh, I'm sure nobody would make any fuss about it at all. But it's Clarence Thomas. And we, are at, we have to destroy Clarence Thomas. We have to destroy Donald Trump. We have to destroy every Republican who stands up for the American people. Got to be destroyed. End of story. Stands up for the Constitution? How dare he be a constitutionalist? You know, they're just so transparent. But the good news is Trump is leading Biden in all the polls today. All right, let me take a break. Don't forget to download our 850 app. It's a great app to have on your phone. You get all the breaking news, and uh, Sharina puts up great stories and all the rest of it. Not to mention, you can enter 
one of our uh, wonderful contests, and we've got some great contests. Right now, we are um, always giving away stuff, but we're giving away Bites and Spirits, a pair of tickets to Bites and Spirits, an evening of live music and food stations and spirits, and a silent auction benefiting United Community Options of South Florida. Enter at the app or at the website, 850WFTL.com. We've also got a pair of tickets to the second annual Fork Cancer, another party where you can eat your face off. And we've got a family four-pack of tickets to Sunfest, which will be taking place May 5th through the 7th on the West Palm Beach waterfront. Enter on the app or go to 850WFTL.com. Quick break. I'll be right back. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. And uh, coming up at 1230, I'm going to be speaking with Rod Derillis. He was a candidate for the uh, Republican nomination for the congressional seat, which is now held by Lois Frankel. Um, but he wrote a great uh, opinion piece that was on Fox News, and he also was one of the guests at Mar-a-Lago on Tuesday night. So I want to talk to him about that experience and and about this uh, editorial, which is all about you know he's a Navy veteran, and it's all about this you know this woke uh, nonsense that the Pentagon has become so enamored of. It's not just the Pentagon; it's like everywhere I turn. I have to hear this stuff. Like who? I don't even know who this Dylan influencer, you know, transgender dude is. That's suddenly the face of Bud Light, and he's doing all these other uh, companies. And and like really, you know, we're talking about six tenths of one percent of the people in this country actually claim to be transgendered. Now, whether they are or not, you know, they claim that they are. And I'm sure some of them are, and I'm sure some of them are not. You know, I believe this is a social contagion, and I believe you'll see it go the way of other social contagions when it runs its course. But the idea that companies and government agencies, and more ridiculously, the the Department of Defense buys into this whole DEI, LGBTQ plus LMNOP, all this nonsense really is shameful. And that's what I said. You know, Tuesday made me feel ashamed. You know, just watching us behaving like, uh, you know, news stories that I've seen come out of uh, Botswana, Mauritania, Haiti, Nicaragua. You know, those are the countries that do what we saw happen to President Trump this week. So, and it's all part of the same package. You know, we have to uh, uh, play footsie with this tiny little marginal group. Now, that doesn't mean I think that we should treat them badly. I don't. I don't think anybody should be denied services, denied employment, um, denied civility, uh, targeted because they have gender dysphoria or they believe that they're in the wrong body. I don't want to see them hurt. But I also don't feel like I have to cater to them. You know, it's just if, if it's what you say and what they say is that it's perfectly normal 
that, you know, non-binary. And what is that non-binary stuff? I, I have to ask that question because it must confuse you as much as it confuses me, right? Is non-binary when you just want the best of all of the benefits of being called marginalized, but you really don't know anything? You, you don't feel like you're in the wrong body. You don't know. You just, you just don't know, right? <laughs> because by that measure... Really, by that measure, we're all non-binary, unless we're binary. I happen to be very binary. You know, I, I remember when I first realized that there was a difference between boys and girls. And it was a rude awakening for me, right? You know, because it had nothing to do with uh, sex. It just had to do with like, you know, how come my father can open jars of mayonnaise and my mother and I can't? You know, and then my father said to me, well, I'm a, I'm a man and we're stronger. And I said, really, that's it? You're just stronger and you have shorter hair? I mean, like I was trying to wrestle around the issue. You know, what else does it mean? And he said, no, no, you know, uh, there's two sexes, male and female. And in order for there to be babies, there has to be a male and a female. And then he stopped. He didn't want to have to get into any more detail than that. But it was enough for me. I got it. Okay, so he's a boy and she's a girl. And I'm a girl because I'm like mom. You know, I can't open the jar. I never thought, like, because I have a vagina. I just didn't. I said I can't open the jar. That was the whole extent of my understanding of the difference between men and women. And, of course, now I can open any jar because I have one of those little rubber things that you put on top of the jar and it helps you to open the jar. No, no big deal, right? But I, I just look at all these people who now tell me they're non-binary. I, what? What do you mean? So you're not straight. You're not gay. You're not a male. You're not a female. I'm supposed to use what? They, them pronouns with you? You're just terribly confused and you really need uh, psychiatric care. That's all. I, I'm sorry. You know, non-binary? C- come on. What's next? You know, I, I'm um, multispecial. Uh, I, I'm part wolf, part human. I, I, I just, at what point do we just cut it off and say, like, this is just crazyville. You know, we're not doing this anymore. We're not um, worried so much about diversity, equity, and inclusion. We're more worried about uh, equality and fairness, those kinds of things, right? Doesn't that make more sense? Isn't that what Martin Luther King, the great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, isn't that what he wanted? He said that one day we would judge his children by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. Now, his kids, if they're going to, you know, or they're his grandkids now, if they're going to college, they're going to have to pick if they want to go into an all-black dorm and if they want to go to an all-black graduation and if they you know, um, want to empty a revolver into the head of the first white person that walks along because we did have a Yale professor who said that, right? What, what happened? And how do we let this happen? At what point do we just put our foot down and say, enough, enough, we're not all crazy. Those of you that are crazy... Go live in, uh, I don't know, I hate to pick a state and, you know, ruin that state, but what the heck. California. You all go live in California, all right? And if my kids choose to stay there with all the crazies, uh, there's nothing I can do about it. I probably won't be visiting much anymore, but we can meet somewhere in the middle. Like, you know, I'll meet you in Utah or something. But this insanity that I have to keep going along and then they just keep pushing. Okay, it wasn't enough that I had to say, 
Yeah, well, we'll let men marry men and women marry women. Everybody's in love. It's all beautiful. No, no, we we knew that wasn't going to be the end of it because now it's like, mm, well, what if the man's really a woman, you know, and, and, and he can get pregnant? What? You know, Jason Whitlock last night, and I'm going to bring this up because I don't know what really happened, but it really concerned me. Jason Whitlock was on with Tucker Carlson towards the end of his program. And he was talking about the biblical ramifications of everything that's going on and what he thought the real issues were in America. And they really have to do with morality and the things that I talk about all the time. And I'm not going to stop talking about, you know. But what happened was when Jason Whitlock started quoting from the book of Corinthians, I think Second Corinthians, my TV went to a commercial. Like, it just went to a commercial. And I thought, that's weird. I guess maybe it was close to the end of the show. Maybe they were running out of time. I don't know. I didn't think much of it. I go uh, onto my laptop and I have an email from one of my listeners who actually lives in New Zealand. And we got to be friends uh, during COVID because, um, you know, she was depending on getting news. Can you imagine what life was like in New Zealand? Well, you can because it was a mess. And so she and I became like uh, pal pen pals, uh, whatever you call it when you do it with emails, right? So this is what she sent me last night. It arrived at uh, 9.06 our time. The segment with Jason Whitlock was cut after he quoted Corinthians. It went to ads and returned with Tucker saying, that's all we have time for. Can't be just on my end now, can it? And I wrote her back and I said, no, no, uh, the same thing happened to my to me on my TV. It just cut off. You know, God, you know, God is not pleased when you have people um, interfering it with the, the reading of Scripture or the, of the reciting of Scripture. He had every right. We have freedom of speech in this country. Jason Whitlock was making an excellent point about the disaster that we're seeing in our country right now. And the TV went to commercials. Give me a break. You know what I'm saying? Something's going on. And we have to put our foot down. Because if we don't put our foot down, it's just going to continue. And we're going to be looking at this nightmare getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm up to my eyeballs in this nonsense, in this woke uh, DEI nonsense, which is why coming up in the next segment, I'll be talking with Rod Derillis, former uh, congressional candidate for the Republican nomination for the Wexler seat. No, uh, Lois Frankel's seat. Who's Lois Wexler? There was another congresswoman. But anyway, for Lois Frankel's seat, um, he wrote an editorial on Fox News about the uh, the woke Pentagon. And as a former military member, he's pretty ticked off about it, and so am I. So stay right where you are. More to come your way in just a moment. All right, and I apologize. I will not be speaking with Rod Derillis today. We're going to move that segment to tomorrow because we're having some telephone issues here. And we have to get him fixed tonight because tomorrow is Derek and Rod Derillis. So my two men, my two, my two boys, I can't call them boys, right? That's, well, they are to me. They're actually, I think uh, they're probably, I think Rod's younger than my, my son. But hey, what can I tell you? Um, we'll try to get that tomorrow. So I'm not even going to talk about his art article because I want him to uh, share with us you know, w why this is such a big deal? Because, you know, I was listening, I think it was on the Brian Kilmeade show on my way to the studio. They were talking about how, you know, um, they can't get enough recruits. 
into the military. And I, I believe, and I think a lot of people will agree with me, that a good deal of the reason that they can't do that is because there are uh, all this woke ideology nonsense. And I just, it's so frustrating to me to see what they've done to thing to the most important institutions that we have. We have a bankrupt media that will not tell the news. Um, we have a military that is more concerned with whether or not you're using the right pronouns than it is with whether you can actually fight and win wars. You know, the only purpose for a military is to, you know, kill bad guys, win, win wars. And now we got a military that can't even, you know, it, it's, it's non-functional. I think they were talking about the lack of funding and the lack of weaponry and the lack of bullets and all that. We're talking about the United States of America because that's pretty scary, right? It'd be one thing if I was referring to some, you know, second world or third world country, but no, no, we're talking about the United States of America. And it's pretty, are the computers now down as well? This is crazy. I'm so much happier in my little home studio. I just miss Sharina, but other than that, I really, uh, I really don't, uh, I don't like all of this tech dependence. It's the dependence on technology that I don't like because the technology is great. It gives me uh, a lot of tools to use, but when I'm so dependent on it, you know, instead of having hard copies and things like that, the least little thing will throw me off. And that is problematic. Anyway, um, the 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 other news story that I really wanted to get to today, and apparently I'm having enough trouble trying to get things to work here, so just bear with me. I'll get I'll get it. Was the fact that somebody that I actually knew very well, too well actually, um, has thrown his hat into the ring and is going to be running for the Democratic nomination of for the presidency. And this is a family a storied family. And I met this man when I was campaigning, and I was young, I was a teenager, and I was campaigning for his father, uh, working in the campaign office in New York City for his father, um, Robert F. Kennedy. And so Robert Jr. came into the office at some point early on in um, the setting up of the office, and everybody was, ooh, ah, ooh, you know, he was, they, the Kennedy men were very handsome and just this one was cute as a button when he came in. Uh, unfortunately, he now has a, a disorder, some kind of dysphonia um, that only affects the larynx, the vocal cords, which is really, you know, kind of problematic with him deciding to run for office. Um, it'd be like if a radio host had dysphonia, which I had a, ver a ver version of it years ago. And it required bed rest, and I had to go out to Stanford, actually, in California to have a laser procedure done. But nothing can be done to relieve his condition. But he has decided, in any case, that he has thrown his uh, hat into the ring. Now, um, I got to know him. He was a little strange even back then, but he got even stranger as the years went on. 
Um, he's probably best known for his positions on environmental law and vaccine safety. And, you know, he was a big um, anti-vaxxer, always. Uh, he has filed as a Democrat, according to the FEC. He's running in 2024 as uh, he wants to win the nomination away from Joe Biden. And he said in his statement, America is enduring an apocalyptic tribal polarization more toxic and dangerous than any time since the Civil War. And while Democrats battle Republicans, elites are strip mining our middle class, poisoning our children and commoditizing our landscapes. I will focus my campaign not on the issues that divide us, but the values that we have in common. So he is the second candidate to challenge Joe Biden, because in case you forgot, Marianne Williamson, the you know uh, meditation guru, has also declared that she's going to run for that nomination. Now, um, in, in 1968, when I met and, and knew Robert Kennedy Jr., um, I probably would have remained um, friends with him because my politics weren't that different. You know, I was a New York City liberal. I was a New York City Democrat in those days. Of course, I was, wasn't even 18 years old. Uh, so, uh, you know, you're allowed to be stupid when you're a kid. Uh, and I was. Um, but I do remember the intensity of his father's assassination and what happened in that office because he was about to speak and he was out in California. And so um, there was news coverage. And usually when you worked in a campaign office back in 1968, I mean, it's not like we had the internet. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have any of that stuff, right? So unless it was being carried on a news station, you weren't going to see uh, anything unless you happen to be live and in person. Like if he was speaking in New York, I might have gotten to see him. But this was happening in Camp California. And, um, and actually, it was in Texas. Uh, let me get that straight. It was in Texas. Um, when No, no, it was in California. His father was assassinated in California. His uncle was assassinated in Texas. Um, and so now you have to wonder how that family feels about yet another Kennedy running for office. Now, Teddy Kennedy tried to run, but he was never successful. And now we have uh, the next generation, uh, underneath Teddy's generation, uh, the first person uh, declaring a candidacy. He says, if it looks like I can raise the money and mobilize enough people to win, I'm jumping in the race. That's what he said in March. So now we can assume that he has raised the money and he has mobilized enough people and he's going to jump into the race. Now, you know, the question becomes, does he have any chance of winning the primary against the incumbent Joe Biden if all the powers that be will be against him? And the answer is never underestimate a Kennedy. Never underestimate a Kennedy or the Kennedy family or the Kennedy family name. America is longing for a Camelot right about now. And while he's not exactly, uh, you know, John and Jackie, uh, he is a Kennedy. And he's already put up a, a, a campaign page. And what he's doing is he's soliciting donations from people who find the issues that unite us more important than the issues that divide us. His message is 
freedom first, and he has positioned himself against what he calls the elites, which is fascinating, because if ever there was an elitist family, it would be the Kennedys. Um, He said he has spent his life fighting for American democracy and the liberties that are guaranteed by the Constitution. He has battled against corporate greed and government corruption to protect our children, our health, our livelihoods, our environment, and above all, our freedom. With integrity, courage, and self-sacrifice, he has led Americans in an ennobling fight to restore our country as the exemplary nation and to end the toxic polarization that divides us and enriches the elites. Even though he's a a registered Democrat and going to be running as a Democrat, you know, most people got to know him over COVID. He, you know, he founded the Children's Health Defense, which is a nonprofit dedicated to solving chronic health conditions like, you know, kids with uh, lead paint and all that stuff. He's been on the forefront of that fight. And, you know, now he's saying, look, uh, I don't think we should be vaccinating kids, period. But I sure don't think we should be using the experimental COVID vaccination on them and not just on them once, but repeatedly. He has also studied the relationship between vaccines and, you know, all of the things that have come into sort of modern world, uh, you know, autism on the rise and He's convinced that some of these vaccines contribute to that. Now, he doesn't say they cause them. And I would have to agree that, you know, these large-scale vaccinations, the MMR, where you t- you're pouring tons of these, uh, you know, toxins into little bitty babies, you know, 8-pound, 10-pound babies are receiving multiple, um, you know, bacteria toxins through these vaccines, Um it wouldn't be far-fetched to think that they might cause some side effects that we had never counted on, including something like the rise of autism and attention deficit. All these, you know, neurological, I believe, neurologically based um, disorders that kids seem to be afflicted with more than ever. So that it's going to make it's going to make the uh, the the whole race even more interesting because he just hates big pharma and so do I, you know. Um, and uh, we're going to be in agreement on that. And uh, you never know. If the wrong candidates get the nominations and he launches a third-party candidacy, which I believe was his original intent, it may give me somebody to vote for if I don't get my choices, right? Anyway, don't forget, coming up at 1 o'clock, Dan Bongino. At 4 o'clock, Ben Shapiro. At 6 o'clock, the WPTV News and Jen and Bill be back first thing in the morning. As for me, I have one segment left, so stay right where you are. Oh, my goodness, my goodness, my goodness. You, you really, you just, I'm getting a lot of feedback on the, uh, on the email. I, I had such an enormous amount of email, hundreds of emails over um, my being away when Donald Trump was, you know, indicted. And, you know, sometimes I forget that, you know, the whole purpose of the Joyce Kaufman show is so that you can hear what Joyce Kaufman has to say. (laughs) As most of you notice and sometimes get upset about, I'm not one of these people who feel like I got to, you know, bring in guests because you can see them all the time. Any guest that would be interesting is all over the place, right? You know, now that doesn't mean that, you know, other shows that use a lot of guests don't do a great job. They, they do, but it, it's just not my cup of tea. And I, I told a story yesterday to a group of people that I work with 
You know, the late, great Neil Rogers told me a long time ago, he said, talk radio or, or actually radio is a, a stew and you're the meat, um, your guests are the potatoes and your callers are actually the spices. And the last thing you want is too many potatoes and too many spices in your stew. Stew. People want the meat, you know. And, and he told me, you got to be prepared to go on the air and to talk for whatever long your shift is. You know, now I'm only doing an hour. It's a piece of cake, right? I, I've done three-hour programs. I've done four-hour programs. We used to have an event that took place on the old WFTL where you were on all day, where you came in at 6 a.m., and you stayed until midnight um, on this, you know, battle of the talk show host day. And literally, I mean, during hurricanes, I have slept in this building. You know, I, I slept in an all glass building in Fort Lauderdale because we're on the air um, during those times. And I don't take that responsibility lightly. You know, I was on the air during uh, from the beginning for Hurricane Andrew. I was brand new. And so, of course, they sent me into the eye of the storm. Uh, and then after that, David and and I had small children. I'd have to make arrangements for my kids because once that starts uh, becoming apparent that the hurricane is going to hit any of our listeners, any of the areas where my listeners live, I'm on the air. We're all on the air. You know, it doesn't matter if you've ever even been on the air before. You'll be on the air, and and it's a it's a it's a responsibility, but it's also like a, a great joy for me. You know, and, and if I'm not prepared to do a one-hour show or a three-hour show without needing guests or without needing callers, then I'm probably in the wrong business. That's, that's just my opinion. This is not called the, the uh, you know, the come-as-you-are hour. It's called the Joyce Kaufman Show. And, and my, you know, my idea is that I'll share my opinions with you. Some of you love them and some of you hate them, and that's okay, you know. Um, write me an email. Let me know. And by the way, I do want as many emails as possible from anybody who was watching last night uh, during the last 10 minutes of Tucker Carlson and tell me if Jason Whitlock, in the middle of his uh, quoting scripture, uh, disappeared from your screen as well. And it went to commercials. And then I think it was like Mike Lindell came on. And then it went back to Tucker. Only he was like wrapping the show, saying goodbye. No explanation, no, like, you know, like, like today I had to uh, bump my guest to tomorrow because the, um, the phone system was down. But I told the audience what was happening. And Tucker usually tells you if somebody's not able to be on. What happened last night seemed extremely curious to me. And I am convinced that they're coming after us. They're coming after conservatives. They're coming after Christians. They're coming after any per people who have, uh, you know, strong religious views. And you better be prepared to fight back because that First Amendment should be ironclad. You know, anybody out there who thinks that we can live without a free press and we can live without free speech and we can live without the freedom to, uh, you know, worship the way we want to, where we want to, when we want to, well, I guess they did shut that down during COVID, didn't they? Well, anybody who's willing to just give that up, give it over without even a fight, leave now, okay? Because you're just going to get in the way of patriots and people like me. 
because we're not going to tolerate this. You know, it's enough. It's enough already. I, I, I get it. You, you don't like us. You don't like Donald Trump. We, we get it. We, the message is clear. We accept your message, but we're not going to put up with it. That's all. I'm going to fight, and uh, I know a lot of other people who are going to fight. And, and then don't get all uh, nervous and, and think that I, I'm calling for violence. I'm not. You know, I'm going to fight at the ballot box. I'm going to fight on the air. I'm going to fight with my voice. And, uh, you know, and just leave us alone. Because the bottom line is if you leave us alone, we won't mess with you. You know, that's not what we want. It's just when you start taking our children and telling them that they have to uh, go to drag shows and that they can go into a closet and change their gender by putting on a dress. You know, if you're going to do that, you're going to get a fight. You're just going to get a fight. And I'm up for it. You know, whatever little energy I have left (laughs) at my age will be devoted to trying to save this country because I got some grandkids that really deserve a country. And it's it's gonna be up to me, you know, and up to you. So fight the good fight. I thank you for your time this time. Until next time, my, uh, my plan is to be back on the air tomorrow at noon, if it be his will and he delays his coming. I will have a conversation with Rod Derillis tomorrow at 12.15 and my son Derek will be calling in later in the hour. And then it'll be the weekend. And this was an, uh, uh, an abbreviated week for us. May God bless you, and may God bless the United States of America. I'll see you all tomorrow. Stay well. The Joyce Kaufman Podcast has been brought to you by Code Red Roofers, South Florida's leading residential and commercial roof experts. Code Red Roofers, roofers that respond. Call 844-4-CODE-RED or visit coderedroofers.com.